0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Best Pictures Podcast. I'm Ian, and this is Maggie, and on this episode, we're doing the 23rd Best Picture winner all about Eve. And for the record, because Maggie required this of me... (laughs) I am coming into it with no prior knowledge, no prior research, and apparently she is going to wow me with her background notes. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest,
1: Ian often comes into these with no prior background or prior research, but I did specifically request him not to read anything on it this one, um, because I have some background that I have a feeling he's going to react interestingly to, and I wanted to get that like authentic reaction for you guys, so... Moving into this background, uh, All About Eve is a 1950s American drama. It was written and directed by Joseph Mankiewicz. And based on the 1946 short story, The Wisdom of Eve by Mary Orr, it stars Betty Davis, Anne Baxter, George Sanders, and Celeste Holmes. And it's about an aging Broadway star who suddenly finds herself being usurped by her seemingly innocent protege. Betty Davis plays the star, Margot Channing. Celeste Holmes plays her best friend, Karen Richards. And Anne Baxter plays uh, the titular, Eve Harrington. And I just kind of want to point this out because it'll kind of come up a little bit later in background, but... This is the first time in a long time that we have had a primarily female character driven movie. It's been a while.
0: I'm trying to think of have we had Maybe one Mrs. so far? Maybe Mrs Miniver. I mean like we have. Yeah, I guess Mrs. But I Miniver's think Mrs Miniver was
1: the last one um and that was mid 40s.
0: Yeah, I'm here for it. It was yeah. it was really good.
1: Well, and it, it's just I didn't realize I missed it until I was watching these just three powerhouse actresses just give amazing performances
0: so can we add to our list of treasures celeste holmes absolutely she has
1: been in multiple oh. of our movies and i did not realize that i was a humongous celeste holmes fan but yeah. i am
0: we didn't watch philadelphia story for this but i've watched that multiple She's times in high
1: society version
0: celeste holmes
1: i thought she was in philadelphia story She's in the remake, High Society.
0: Oh, geez. Well, that was a flow. Yeah, but you, you can watch that it. for another podcast that he guested on, uh, Cinemusts. They Go kinda, check out that episode. It's but the she same is story. They Home. run together. But Celeste Holm is just a treasure. And
1: she was in Gentleman's Agreement. we yes, looked her in that. Yes. So, um, yeah, she's added to our list of treasures, joining Lionel Barrymore. And uh, who else did we have on there? There was somebody else we had on there.
0: Lionel Barrymore. He's the main <laughs> one.
1: This is, speaking of these... Uh, you know, I named three of the powerhouse female performances. This is the only film in Oscar history to receive four female acting nominations. Ooh, and like I said, it's kind of rare to see a movie. I think even today, with like that many female leads that are primarily driving the story, and you really don't have a main male character. Like all the male characters are supporting, really. Mm-hmm. It is number 16 on the American Film Institute's Top 100 list, and it received, at the time, a record 14 nominations, beating the previous record of 13 that was held by Gone with the Wind. George Sanders won for Best Supporting Actor. He plays Addison DeWitt, the critic. It won for Best Costume Design, Black and White, Edith Head and Charles LaMere. Joseph Mankiewicz won for Best Director. Joseph Mankiewicz also won for Best Adapted Screenplay, and it won for Best Sound Recording. Now for the nominations. Anne Baxter was nominated for Best Actress. Betty Davis was nominated for Best Actress. Celeste Holmes was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. And Thelma Ritter, who plays Bertie, Margot's assistant, was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. And they're
0: all so good. I know, right? Like, they're all
1: amazing. None of them won.
0: That's bullshit. Um, who beat them?
1: I don't know about Best Supporting. I know Judy Holiday won Best Actress that year.
0: For, do you remember the film?
1: Born Yesterday.
0: Okay. So I haven't seen uh, it. I asked a question that by... I have no context to understand the um, answer We'll circle back you. to that, though,
1: um, in a minute. Uh, it was also nominated for Best Art Direction, Black and White, Best Cinematography, Black and White, Best Film Editing, and Best Original Score.
0: Oh, my God. Compared to All the King's Men, which is the most recent one that we did, the film editing that was atrocious i
1: know wasn't it amazing to have like a coherent linear storyline oh my
0: god it was so good it was so nice and i think it'll it'll make our our episode a little less of a cluster yeah well and this was also
1: you know speaking of all those acting nominations this was the second film after mrs miniver which we spoke about Mm -hmm. earlier to receive five acting awards or uh, five acting nominations
0: Mm, good
1: um so other best picture nominees from that year born yesterday father of the bride king solomon's minds and Sunset Boulevard.
0: <sighs> <laughs> Sunset Boulevard. Oh, I know. Uh oh.
1: I know. That's the Uh-oh. one I wanted your reaction for. So you'll remember also, Gloria Swanson did not win that year. She was also nominated for Best Actress. So okay,
0: that's a travesty.
1: Okay, so like, a little the context. fact that
0: none of the like either Gloria Swanson or
1: Betty Davis, Betty or Davis or, Anne or
0: Ann Baxter, the fact that none of them won, it makes you
1: want to see Born Yesterday, right? Yeah,
0: because if. That lead actress was so good having, okay. This is like the first time in a long time that I've seen more than one of the best yeah. picture nominations from a year.
1: <laughs> yeah. Cause a little context for listeners um, before we actually started the podcast and we were kind of kicking around the idea of whether or not we wanted to like spend the money on equipment and like actually commit our time to doing this project, mm-hmm. um, we did a test episode that is janky AF because it was recorded on my iPhone and you can hear my dishwasher beeping in the background. Oh, Um, it was great. (laughs) But we did Sunset Boulevard as our like test episode. And that may or may not get released one day. We'll have to see. I don't know. Maybe we'll
0: remaster it. And by remaster it, I mean re-record it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. I don't know. I kind of have a soft spot for that that janky episode. It's great. Um, But uh, we both absolutely love that movie. So, you know, it's interesting that it's the same year in 1950 was you know first off amazingly strong year for actresses Mm -hmm. also just an amazingly strong year for film because i don't normally do this but i also wrote down some other films that came out that year just to highlight like these weren't even nominated and Mm -hmm. a lot of them you'll probably recognize the name or like known for being great classics so the third man harvey cyrano de bergerac the asphalt jungle adam's rib and rashomon to name a few
0: so really it was another like headline year for yeah (laughs) it was it was like
1: a 1939 repeat where you just had like all of these amazing classics come out
0: i'm glad we got to see all about it eve at least and get to talk about it so (laughs) yeah
1: so do we want to go into watch notes
0: yeah i'm super game to do it okay so i think at the start and this is now the second winner in a row that has done this where they have like scenes going on behind the opening credits i am still not a fan of it like this the, is a these. Wow. It, this is a gripe of mine. Is that like I don't want to see. Did the, you
1: hate it in Gone with the Wind?
0: I didn't like it. Well, in Gone with the Wind, it was like setting the scene in All the King's Men. It was recycling footage from later on in the film.
1: Let's well, just not bring all the King's Men into it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I should really not use that as a point of yeah, reference. It's not a good um, example
1: of anything, really. <laughs>
0: It's a good example of how to win with shitty material. It still um, baffles me. Sorry, continue. <laughs> um, but I don't know. That's, again, like a minor gripe of mine. Just give me give me the credits.
1: I don't think I noticed.
0: I did. <laughs> <laughs> but I did really love the opening monologue and some of the barbs about being an actor. He will go on for quite some time.
1: Well, so let's <laughs> kind of set, set up good how good this, this intro is done because it theoretically could have fallen so flat, but mm-hmm. it works because the actors are so amazing. So it's this award ceremony for the, it's the Sarah, Se- Sarah Seton Award, Sarah, or Sarah Seton Award. I think it's the Sarah Seton Award. It's like the big Broadway acting mm-hmm. award. I'm not sure, but I want to say it would be similar to like a Screen Actors Guild type deal. Anyway, Ian, Ian's Googling it. Um, He'll jump in once he gets it. But um, you have this narration by George Sanders' character, Addison DeWitt, the critic, and he's, like, droning on and kind of, like, making these witty barbs about, like, the speeches that are going on. And we're at the final award, and it's Eve Harrington being recognized. And as Sanders' character is saying his monologue and stuff, we're also getting glimpses of our other main characters. So Margot Channing, her boyfriend-slash-later-fiance-slash-husband, Uh, Bill Sampson, who's a director, Lloyd Richards, who's a playwright, and Karen Richards, his wife, who's also Margot's best friend. And those characters really don't say anything during that first sequence. But we learn so much about them through like Sanders's comments. And also their relationships with each other by like the w- way that they look and just like the subtle things they do with their facial expressions as like Eve is getting recognized. So we like know that there is tension well, between and Eve and this other group.
0: Betty Davis does the I freaking hate you look so Nobody well Nobody gives and side so eye like Betty subtly. Davis. Like it is the I best.
1: Think, I think I have notes in my like here later that's like no one smokes a cigarette and no one gives side eye like Betty Davis. But um. There's particularly there's a look she gives. that's like this slow look down to her glass during the speech that I, I think is brilliant. Um, and also, you know, not to leave out Anne Baxter, who like when she stands up to accept the award, the just hungry look on her face where she's just like drinking in the applause it really gives you, I think, like an early sense of like how character. conniving she is. Yeah. So
0: initially when I saw that also as, as an update, I, I can't find the award name. So sorry. Um, but initially this kind of dead, almost sleepy eyed look that we get from um, Eve when she stands up, I'm like, are you gonna show more emotion here? And so I found that initially very off putting. Oh, I didn't which... think she
1: was dead eyed. I thought she looked so like hungry and like she was drinking everything in. Granted, I have also seen this movie before. Have you seen the movie? No, this is the first time I've seen it. I'm curious to so see. So she had this
0: like sleepy look about her. That okay. I was like, oh. So I'm, I'm curious oh. to
1: know like the different ways you read her character mm-hmm. because having seen it and knowing where the story was going, I felt like I was like picking up stuff where I was like, oh, it's a crack in the facade or yeah. like maybe, you know, I was telling myself that I was picking that up. So I'm curious to see like kind of where <laughs> you started to see the turns in her character. Yeah.
0: So so the one thing that with Eve specifically, and especially with the way that Anne Baxter pulled her off, for the first maybe 20, 25 minutes of the film, I was like, I kind of want more from Anne Baxter in this character. She's very like monotone. But
1: that's but exactly, exactly the thing is that
0: it was so brilliant to see yeah. her turn from this like innocent, uninteresting vanilla person and to understand exactly how she has calculated her way into becoming a star. Because she's
1: playing a part. Exactly. And that is so that's why I kind loved of the, this first well, introduction and with that's her. Like kind that. of the coolest part of this movie and we'll go through it as we kind of like hit all the major scenes more and more. But almost every character in this film is playing multiple parts mm-hmm. there is the character themselves and then the character's persona mm-hmm. and it's so masterfully done but it also makes these characters so interesting and we get it from Margot super quickly like we understand that what Margot's doing so quickly and then it's you realize later that like eve is doing the same thing Mm -hmm. and like to a certain point even karen is the like and even bill and even lloyd and even addison like they're all of these people are like playing their little roles (laughs) and sometimes they go too far
0: exactly so we get this wonderful introduction and then
1: well and it freezes Mm -hmm. with um eve being handed the award and that's when we immediately jump into our flashback, which I have to say up front, this is how you do a frame story.
0: I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. I thought it was well pulled
1: yeah, off. But we switch from narration from Addison to narration from Karen. And this movie is very heavy on narration, but it works so well.
0: It does. Well, because of the way it intersperses the narration flashback like voice mm-hmm. with the action in the moment, it doesn't feel overdone in the narration spot well in
1: the dialogue like the dialogue throughout the movie whether it's characters interacting or the narration is so amazingly well written
0: yes yes so like the first scene that we see with karen in the flashback she's going to the backstage door after some Mm -hmm. production and she was there to meet Eve. No, she's going to Eve just like caught her. So she's going
1: to like um go chill with Margot because yeah. like her husband wrote the play. He writes all of his plays for Margot. Margot's mm-hmm. this big star, and Karen basically there's this girl who's been hanging out kind of at the stage door every performance. And it's Eve and Karen finally like talks to her and she's like, basically like Margot Channing's my hero. I've seen every mm-hmm. performance. And so she's like, I'm going to take you to meet her. And I was like, but Karen, no, that's psychotic behavior. It is. We don't reward this.
0: But before we go to that scene, like some of the writing here was perfect because I loved the way that Karen's response to Eve seeing all of the all of the performances among other things isn't that expensive and i'm like that's the first place she goes and i love it because instead of oh isn't that boring it's more like oh, i be like why are you spending oh, all this money <laughs>
1: isn't that psychotic
0: <laughs> well see and that's this is why you're the I
1: karen have. and i'm the margo <laughs>
0: <laughs> or maybe we've, i'm the birdie we've also established that when i drain maggie's gas tank i'll come clean about it and then we'll plot eve's demise so, exactly I,
1: I told Ian, and <laughs> i was like if you ever drain my gas tank and i miss my spotlight performance and my protege is like trying to take over my job like you have to come clean i'll be mad for a little while but then we'll plot that bitch's demise mm-hmm. so
0: so no like karen has some great lines and she she was also talking about Um, Eve made some comment about the director being the best and Karen's response is oh he'll agree with you yeah (laughs) so Karen has just some really great lines in there everybody
1: has one-liners and it doesn't feel fake in this movie because we're dealing with Actors and writers and like right. theater folk.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. So it's more like they definitely have these opinions and of each other, but they're all still this like little community that are good friends and Yeah, is what it is. And that scene in the alley too had some of the best lighting like to kick it off because mm-hmm. we're in this really dark alley going back to the stage door and the way that they highlighted Eve and Karen against the very dark background. Yeah. It was also just was like really Ann
1: Baxter's posture. Mm hmm especially in this these like early scenes but like throughout the movie, sh- it's so good. It's like the small detail yeah, but it makes you think that like this is genuinely like this meek young woman.
0: the really horrendous trench coat helped too. <laughs> yeah,
1: which Margot comments on. but yeah exactly. so that she's taken backstage to talk to Margot and we get to meet Margot in her dressing room because Karen goes in first and it's Margot, Karen and Bertie in this dressing room. And um, I guess this movie passes the Bechdel test because they're talking about, like, the play and, like, Margot's yeah. career. And then they start talking about um her fans. And mm-hmm. throughout that entire scene, like, Margot's being, like, super brash, talking like a normal person. And then the minute Karen convinces her to meet Eve, she's sitting up straight. She's oh got God. the the star voice on she's speaking a lot more properly and, and...
0: birdie calls her out on oh, it immediately God, <laughs> she's and then she goes runs off to the bathroom and is like okay i'm removing myself from this situation yeah, but this like, is when birdie we get, knows what's up
1: this is where we get the first of um eve's performances and her monologues
0: well and i love this too because she spins this yarn about coming from well we didn't know it was fake at the time or at least, if you hadn't watched the movie before, <laughs> you didn't know it was fake Birdiness, at the time. It's like, <laughs> well, Birdie can sniff out bullshit from ten miles away. So. I like
1: that when like, Eve <laughs> she like takes his breath to like start the monologue, and then Birdie reenters and it awkwardly interrupts. Oh my god! Yeah. And she's just like,
0: oh, I'll leave again. Okay. <laughs> um, but I was hanging on every word, every word that was coming out of Eve's mouth well, in that she, scene. She
1: tells this entire like.
0: It's like this well, tragic like heartstring story. heartstring story of how she came from nothing. Yeah, her
1: father was a farmer. She had to mm-hmm. be a secretary at this brewery in Milwaukee, and it was just boring. But then she met this nice guy named Eddie and they got married, but then he went off to the Navy and
0: he died. She was out in, in San Francisco.
1: But the way she tells it, it's not that he like died in the war. She's like, so I went out to San Francisco to meet him and they forwarded the telegram from Milwaukee that said Eddie wasn't going to be there after all. And it's like it, it it's like something written in a play, and yeah. she like delivers it like Anne Baxter delivers it amazingly well. Mm-hmm. But it's like this whole tragic thing, and like that's when she first saw Margot Channing's performance, and so then she decided to like follow her back east. And I'm like, once again, this is crazy behavior. Everybody, guard yourselves.
0: Exactly. Well, and specifically in this, I have a note that I was really glad they didn't flash back to this backstory, but now that I'm he- understand that it actually is totally fake they couldn't I think it was deliberate you can't
1: flash back to something that didn't exactly
0: happen. so but also if you so flashback
1: so i'm flashback
0: like, flashback flashback it's exa- inception <laughs> I, I don't like
1: overuse of flashbacks because like instead let me see that actor deliver that monologue because then you get a performance like anne baxter's
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we also get introduced to it's not lloyd was it addison who comes in no it was Bill. um bill yes Samson. margo's um, beau I mean. <laughs> and he's apparently leaving to go direct some play out in hollywood and they have some really fun lines about how oh their dialogue i'm a junkyard their well. snappy dialogue is so good
1: but we also kind of set up that there's a little bit of insecurity on Margot's part in that relationship because bill's like eight years younger than her mm-hmm. and you know Margot goes to see him off the airport and she brings eve with her
0: which what can I just say what? Well, why?
1: I think she from Margot's standpoint, it's like, oh, there's this, you know, nice young kid who like kind of idolizes me like oh, I could use another assistant or something like she'll kind of do my bidding like she's not going to put up a fuss. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Margot, she's insane.
0: Well, and you can kind of get that at the airport. So Bill and Betty, it's I know fine. that it's not. We're, gonna, Betty. We're just going to use their names interchangeably. Yeah. Sorry that it's hard to follow. <laughs> um, they, Pull up like a having cast list m-
1: as you listen to exactly. this episode. <laughs>
0: They're, they're having their moment and they're like about to kiss and Eve interrupts. Yes. And it was so perfect because yes. you like start to get that intense craziness from Eve.
1: Well, it's, you know, and it can come off as just like this like faux pas, but like it's
0: Eve so intentional. Eve plays it off so innocent, like innocently. Yes.
1: It's so intentional. Like she's already starting to drive that wedge between them.
0: So somehow Betty decides it's a good idea for Eve to move into the attic apartment in her, I presume, brownstone somewhere in New York.
1: A very nice house.
0: Is a very nice house. Which, one, why? Two, you then let her insert herself in every aspect of your life and get your affairs in order? This I feel is weird. like this is Birdie.
1: A, I feel like this is a story. But Birdie talks back. He's not going to talk back. And evil will do whatever. But, like, I feel like this story could not happen today.
0: I mean, yeah. I highly doubt a headlining Broadway star would allow a stranger, one, backstage, two, to the airport to see off their boyfriend, three, into their own home. to live (laughs) yeah
1: yeah i don't i don't think that would that would happen today but we also get there's a really nice scene where and i just wanted to highlight the cinematography Mm -hmm. in this one where um Margot's on stage and it's her taking her bows and like the like the encores and stuff and you can see eve watching from the wings and just like Mm -hmm. the look on her face like she it's like this idolatry but also that like that's what she wants she wants that applause and you
0: know how i interpreted that she was practicing on how to do it.
1: Yeah, she's watching, like, she's studying Margo. And that's what Margo and Bertie both say at various points is that, like, she's basically studying Margo uh-huh. and being like, this is how you be a star. Like, well,
0: and the fact that she had her little handkerchief with like the tasteful tears, and it was like, oh, this is so good. The whole so, thing's
1: a performance. Like, it's Ann
0: Baxter killing it. So, again, like, even though for the first little bit I was like, I want more from her, she gave. So much more doing so little.
1: Yeah, because it's, it's, so <laughs> it's so the lack, the seeming lack of depth in Eve's early character is so intentional mm-hmm. because it makes when you finally realize what's actually going on so much more powerful. Right. And
0: well, and the other thing that I love is the dramatic irony of like Eve playing in. Margot's dress in the end of that scene yeah so because
1: uh eve takes the dress and i mm-hmm. just want birdie has some great one-liners because uh oh, she yeah, says something about the union and uh-huh. margo's like um Eve doesn't have a union. And she's like, yes, but the wardrobe ladies do. And they've got two things to do. Carry the clothes and press them wrong. And they're going to get mad if you
0: press if them you wrong. take that away from Ugh. them
1: or something. And Margo's like, shit, you're right. And like goes <laughs> to go get the dress back from Eve. And that's when you see Eve holding the dress up to herself mm-hmm. in a mirror, practicing her bows. But you know
0: what kills me? Margo's just like, oh, that's so cute. Well,
1: there, I feel like there's almost a moment where Margot kind of realizes... Like, like there's something about it that doesn't sit quite right with her, but she doesn't know what it is, so she ignores it.
0: Yeah, she seemed to just dismiss. Well, not seemed. She did basically yeah, dismiss she... Eve for the first half of this film. Yeah. So, I I don't know. I I saw what was going down, and I was shocked that Margot was not well, more but, shocked. But she starts <laughs> to
1: get she starts to get the clue earlier on. Well, Birdie understands, and then Birdie tells Margot because um, there's a scene between Jess, Birdie, and Margot. Well, M-
0: this is after the birthday call, right? the like midnight No, it was 3 a.m new york time where... i can't remember
1: if it's before or after but yeah uh basically yeah i think it is after eve sets up a long distance phone call from Margot to bill that Margot did not ask her to do
0: for bill's birthday yeah so this is creepy as hell and Margot just doesn't really understand what happens in well the i moment. understand
1: though because margo's also like half asleep but the next morning she's kind of mm-hmm. mulling it over and that's when she's talking to birdie and she asks Bertie, "You don't like Eve, do you?" And then Bertie goes, "Do you want an argument or an answer?"
0: Oh my god! And then she says an answer, and then she says, "What? What does she say about?" Just that?
1: no. She's like, "I don't like her." And then Margot says, "Why?" And she's looking oh, so for an argument. You're looking for an argument, <laughs> and then she explains that like there's something not right about her, mm-hmm. and that it's like she's studying everything you do, and that gets Margot kind of thinking. And then Eve comes in
0: in Margot's suit.
1: Oh, is she in Margot's yes. suit? I like she'd realize. gotten it
0: tailored. So no, like <gasps> the way that they are setting this up for the audience in such stark detail I is just like, holy shit. Totally Margot, what that. are you doing? This woman is going to eat you. Well, this is when Margot, I
1: think, starts – this is when she's kind of starting to be like, okay, there's something a little off because – Eve purposely says as she leaves the room, because she first explains that like, she's the one who sent the phone call. She's like, you mm-hmm. know, you would never forgive me if I forgot his birthday. And Margot's like, uh-huh, sure. And right. then as Eve's leaving, she's like, oh, I also sent him a telegram myself. Which is sketchy AF.
0: It is. It really is. But to to really take a step back to the nighttime phone call, I did just want to call out that the lighting was amazing in this scene. And I know that I'm a, I'm a sucker for like, the dark scenes where you have just the right amount of light on the people's faces mm-hmm. to like set the tone for like what's going on but margot's lighting in particular was so good with her reclined in bed so the cinematography part and the lighting part i'm mm-hmm. like yes please i yeah. want more of this
1: um so now we're gonna go into a scene that we're probably gonna talk about for a pretty long time it's the most iconic scene of the movie i would say and and it's and that's one of the, the longest party. scenes too yeah that's the the party sequence where Margot's hosting this party and right before like the party starts, she and Bill get in a fight about Eve.
0: Well, really quickly, I do want to call out some of Betty Davis's performance going into this party. So at the very beginning, she's getting ready in her uh, bedroom, I presume, like up at the top floor. Um, Bertie comes in, zips her up and is like, oh, Bill has been here for 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. And she well uh Margot freaks out a little bit and i love the way you see her calmly exit the room as soon as she's out of sight of birdie she storms down the stairs and right before she gets to the door she, she collects
1: herself exactly again. Margot again also putting on that performance and she even exactly. has a speech later um that i'm sure we'll come back to that she talks about kind of she's been Margot channing for so long mm-hmm. like what happens when there's no Margot Channing anymore, and she has to just be herself. Like it's you know, she's kind of wrestling a lot through the movie with like, who am I outside of this public persona? Yeah. And like, um Karen even calls her out on it at some point where she's like, you know the stuff that you do in public that might not be endear or that might be endearing in public isn't so endearing in private. Right. But yeah, so Margot gets upset with Bill because she walks down and he's chatting with Eve and they're laughing and they're super buddy and Eve leaves. To go check to, on the hors d'oeuvres. Yeah, and that's um, when Margot and Bill have their fight.
0: I love the way that Betty Davis pulled off this fight. It's one of the most like believable things that I've seen from her in this film, which is like, I'm not saying that anything else was fiction but basically you see her getting super worked up she's flitting around the room like preparing for her party guests while arguing with bill and the one thing that i love that she does three times before giving in is try like taking a piece of candy out of the candy dish she's like i'm gonna grab this one thing and then she stops herself and then goes and does something and then comes back and does it again and you can see her like give in so she's like the way that she pulled this off really sold how stressed she was about the whole situation between Bill and Anne. Not Anne. Eve. Yeah. Anne Baxter, Eve, same (sighs) person. Um (laughs) so loved her in this scene Mm -hmm. so much.
1: Well, and it's just it shows you that Eve knows exactly what buttons to push to Mm -hmm. send Margot into self-destruction mode. Because Mar- like Margot starts the fight. Eve just knew how to get Margot to start the fight because exactly. again, that her like first step is driving that wedge between Bill and Margot, mm-hmm. which you know later actually turns out to be the one that she can't drive the wedge into. Mm-hmm. That turns which out to be good. the relationship that she can't actually break. Like she can put tension on it, but she can't actually break that one.
0: I'm really glad she didn't. I would have been disappointed. No. Yeah, so,
1: um, I think that's that's really interesting.
0: But what I love that this film does in many situations is they're talking about Eve, and then Eve comes in. You don't know if she actually heard what was being said or not. Yeah. Because her timing is just impeccable.
1: Well, and that's – oh, and then – That's how
0: this fight ends, yeah. and I'm just like, oh. And then there's
1: the part where um, Mar- uh, Bill asks Margot, I guess, if she wants a drink, and she martini goes, martini dry. dry. And then he asks Eve, and I love that goes, a milkshake? <laughs>
0: Yeah, but then in my notes here in all caps I have same drink exclamation yes, point. Yes. <laughs> but the way she says it too, she
1: just goes a mart she says it the exact same way. Yes. Cuz Margot says a martini very dry. And so then Eve just goes a martini very dry please. Oh. She talks a It's
0: good. so good. And I do want to say at and this it's point And it's like kind I've of also, a fuck you to Margot. Yeah. I also noticed in this scene what they did with the costuming that was really great. So you have this gorgeous dress on Betty Davis where it has a really tight waist and a little bit more flowy of a skirt on it um, and some ruffles around the bust up at the top with kind of a low back. I love that the silhouette of Eve's dress is nearly identical.
1: It's very similar.
0: The only difference is you have a little bit less ruffle around the bust. And
1: it's a h- little higher mm-hmm. collar.
0: So the fact that they are dressed so similarly but just slightly different.
1: And they and like in similar colors because they're two of exactly. the darkest dresses throughout the party so you really yes. like can see them through the crowd.
0: Mm-hmm. So I just love how they're continually this is the point where they're really setting them up mm-hmm. to be like mirror images of one another.
1: Well and I love that when Karen and Lloyd come they can tell that there's like some tension with Margot like something's going on and um Karen has this line where she says we've seen you like this before is it over or is it just beginning and Margot downs <laughs> oh. a martini in response
0: this is my favorite line buckle up it's going to be a bumpy night <laughs>
1: fasten your seatbelts! it's going to oh, be a bumpy night, night. Ah. number nine on the american film institute's top 100 film quotes
0: and i misquoted it so this is why you never ask ian for a Anything. verbatim quote because <laughs> I'll, I'll understand what they said but maybe not in the right words
1: <laughs> <laughs> um we also have a very young marilyn monroe
0: i was like oh Holy shit! So
1: that's It's one of her Marilyn earlier Monroe. her earlier film roles, and she comes in and is um, she's with Addison Dewitt, and she's described as a student of the Copacabana School of Dance. That was a nightclub.
0: Yeah, I love it. They set her up to be like a total. She hussy. does
1: such a good job. I mean, you she can does. You can see her. She's playing the quintessential or like a. Marilyn role like it's yeah. an early quintessential Marilyn role where she like comes in and he's basically uh addison's like see that guy over there that's max fabian he's the big producer like go charm him your career will be set and she says that oh my line God.
0: the scene with them on the stairs where the waiter goes by and she's like waiter and they're like oh he was butler i'm not gonna yell butler am i someone could be named butler but that's how she gets fabian to get her a drink It was so great. It was so great. So I love how you're seeing, we see it in very detail, like a whole bunch of detail with Eve, but you also see Marilyn Monroe's character doing a little bit as well. (laughs) It's the,
1: yeah, again, everyone's playing the part. Everyone's trying to get ahead. Mm -hmm. But speaking of the scenes with them on the stairs, the way everything is framed around that staircase is amazing. And the staging around that staircase is Amazing.
0: This is where I think the set especially shown for me as well. So this we're jumping way far ahead in this particular scene. I'm gonna, gonna I mean it's hard
1: about. to go through it beat by beat. Yeah. Like it like one, watch this movie. Yes. Like please. you will not regret it. If you only watch one scene, this is watch this
0: scene. Is it the one where she's by her portrait? It's, no,
1: watch the just watch the entire party. Oh, sequence. oh,
0: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah totally yeah. agree. Because it's like I kind of divide the party sequence into maybe three to four scenes because they do move you throughout the That's house. That's true. But um, in at the very end of it, when she finally goes to bed, she is sitting there getting angry about how she's go- getting old while she's standing next to this giant oil painting of her, and I'm like, oh my god, it's like you see old Margot, you see current Mar. Sorry, you see young Margot, you see current Margot, and you see Eve as the heir apparent. Yeah. And it's like, "Oh, this is so good."
1: Well, and Margot, meanwhile throughout this party has just been getting steadily and steadily more drunk, which Betty Davis plays a good s- drunk. She's she got really the does. the kind of like bobbing head. Mm-hmm. Correct? Um
0: And she does this thing She never quite focuses eyes. her eyes. Exactly. Yeah. But um to move back a little bit to the scene with the piano where That's Margo... what I wanted to talk okay, about. Yeah. Awesome. So <laughs>
1: Margot has this guy playing this really sad song over and over and over again, and there's just some amazing dialogue where he's like I've played it four times already. And she goes, then this will be the fifth. And like Bill's, Bill comes over yes. and is like, so uh, when do we get to view the corpse? And she goes, we're not done with the embalming yet. <laughs> and takes another drink. And just all of that line, like the every line between the two of them throughout that sequence is so good. And then Max comes over and he like what needs like some soda water. Yeah, something. So they go
0: into the pantry. Yeah. Well, AKA I love what kitchen. she
1: says. She's like, Max, I love you anything for you and then she's like come with me to the pantry and then max turns to bill and goes she loves me like a father also she's loaded (laughs) (laughs) and that just cracked me up
0: oh my god that that was max was like yeah my intentions are literally i need to get my heartburn gone
1: (laughs) as if bill was worried
0: (laughs) yeah no but in the pantry there was actually some they didn't use too many close-ups in this film which I appreciated because when they did, but they're it but was they're not so
1: wide shot, but great. they're still like they're like kind it's of more not medium, close
0: up, medium close.
1: It they don't use a lot of close ups, but all the shots are pretty tight. Yes, I mean you don't have any, with the exception of a couple like stage shots. Mm-hmm. You don't really have anything that's that wide,
0: right? And so in the kitchen, that's when we get some of the first close ups that I seem to remember of Margot like coming to the realization of what's happening.
1: Well, and then she's talking to Lloyd mm-hmm. and that's when she talks about, cause basically Lloyd's been writing all these plays for her and he's talking to her about his, the new play Cora and she's like, is it another like girl, young girl in her twenties who's like dealing with this and dealing with this and Lloyd's mm-hmm. like, yeah, but like you're ageless, you can play anything. And Margaret goes like, no, I'm not, I'm not 20. I'm not even 30. Three months ago, I turned 40. And so she's kind of like admits that she's been struggling with that. But I think also a huge point of that scene is it's like, Give her something that's appropriate for her. Like, give Margot a part that isn't the same thing she's been playing since she was 20. Like, give her something new. Give her something meaty. Give her something that reflects, like, where she is in her own life. And I Mm -hmm. think that that's part of the identity struggle you see with Margot is that she's, like, been playing, you know, not just a part for so long, but has been playing the same part for so long. Right. Right. So to kind of wrap up this party scene, we've got another shot on the stairwell and you've kind of got like Lloyd and Bill and they're like talking all their like theater people talk while you have Karen (laughs) kind of up just behind them. Who's like looking back and forth between the two of them kind of like smirking amused. And then you've got Addison on the stairwell with Miss Caswell, who's the character Marilyn Mm -hmm. Monroe plays and like Max Fabian um, and Eve Mm -hmm. on the stairwell as well. And they're all kind of crunched in there. And it's like it's really cute. I love the way it's set up, but um, Eve starts talking about applause, and she says, uh, just that alone is worth anything.
0: Anything. Yeah,
1: and then she kind of, like, starts out of her little reverie, and I'm like, Eve just showed her hand.
0: Yeah, she did. Which no one else picks
1: up on it. They're like, oh, that's so cute. She wants applause. How adorable. Makes
0: me think of that Lady Gaga song. You know, (laughs) Margot's like, I want to throw her out
1: a window, and we're like, yeah marco's right i mean maybe don't throw people right. out windows but like you well know, and metaphorically
0: thing, we didn't touch on the scene between karen and eve up in the bedroom where eve is basically like hey i want to be Margo's understudy, understudy. Mm-hmm.
1: and karen's like yeah i'll flip that idea and i'm like karen no
0: karen is just so like she is the purity that everybody else thinks eve is
1: Yeah, which makes it so ironic when Lloyd accuses her of cynicism later, which we will talk about that exchange. Oh
0: my goodness. But um yeah, so that little card has been set up and then we get the scene about the applause, and I'm like, Oh, that like again, Mm -hmm. this film is heavy on the dramatic irony. Yeah, because I I would
1: say if you know, if you've never seen it before, the start of the party scene, you might be like, Margot's overreacting. Mm -hmm. But over the course of that party scene, by the end of it, you're like, Oh no no no. There's something there.
0: Hits the nail on the head with it. So uh, I love it. And then at the very end, after Margot has stormed off and you see Karen leaving, Eve's like, didn't forget what I talked about, right?
1: I have to say. Eve
0: is so conniving and I love it. If
1: I knew Eve in real life, I would hate her. I mean, because it's so clearly all an act that like no one. Well, I am. would it be in the moment? Yes. I am. First off, it's crazy stalker behavior. Second, you wouldn't be in this situation. (laughs) I I don't. So somebody talks about how Eve is so humble at one point, and I don't trust anyone who's that humble.
0: Yeah. Like
1: yeah. And and that comes up a little bit more when after she's like, you know, there's the audition and she's Mm -hmm. been cast as the understudy, and then she like they fix it so that like she gets to perform that one night, and it's like she's so humble about her performance. I'm like, no, no, no. If you did a good job. You, you know you did it. a good job, oh, yeah. and then you don't be like, oh, no, I didn't do a good job. You say thank you.
0: Exactly. Like, it's... Exactly. I don't trust anyone. Be gracious with the compliments. Be
1: gracious. I Yeah. Always Receiving be gracious. Them, that yeah. But I don't trust anyone who's that
0: humble. Mm-hmm. Agreed.
1: Okay. So, moving into this audition we talked about. So, during the party, Margot drunkenly agrees to go read with Miss Caswell, because Miss Caswell is auditioning to be her understudy, her new mm-hmm. understudy. Um, no one has told her that Eve is auditioning. Until she gets there to like read with Miss Caswell Mm -hmm. and Addison's there. Miss Caswell's apparently being sick in the ladies room and he's like, you're two hours late. And she's like, am I? I should definitely start wearing a watch then. And you're just like, Oh Margo,
0: you're such a prima donna. and I love it.
1: It's the best. (laughs) Um, I mean like it would be maddening in real life, but watching it on screen. I love it.
0: 30 minutes late. Maybe two hours late. non no, 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 no.
1: (laughs) I've had friends pull that one before. They're like, we're running two hours late. And I was like, no, 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 you don't run two hours late unless you missed a flight.
0: You misplanned.
1: Like, no, that means that you like just dicked around for like two hours and then decided that you were actually going to do things that you needed to get done that you could have done earlier. Anyway, sorry, that little rant. Um, But um, that's when Addison let slip that uh, the understudy role has been filled Mm -hmm. by Eve.
0: Because oh, Eve read with Miss Caswell
1: and killed it, and Margot is really unhappy because one, she now realizes that Eve is trying to at, at minimum take Bill from her, yep. who's the director of the play, and no one told her, and that really pisses her off, understandably.
0: Yeah, well, and you get this wonderful scene with, well, wonderful shot, I should say, with Margot in front of the poster from the film with her caricature with the gun, and all I could think of at this point was i have you watched american horror story at all mm-hmm. so this coven season where you have the whole concept of the supreme and like the old supreme like loses their power so the new supreme can rise i got major like the supreme is rising vibes from this whole sequence and i loved it
1: <laughs> what's that classic you can't have two women in power they gotta fight each other for it apparently yeah. they
0: can't you know act side by side which actually would Support probably your be cool but um
1: well okay but that's funny because this film is literally like just a bunch of really talented female actresses helping each other give like career defining performances in a really amazing script like
0: it actually is <laughs> yeah it's kind of <laughs> so, ironic. i don't know it's fun um
1: But she goes in, and she pretends that she doesn't know that Eve has been cast as her understudy, and she like basically forces them to have to tell her. Exactly. And you can tell that Lloyd, especially, really doesn't want to.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Because Lloyd she's going to flip her shit. Finally
1: admits it. She does flip her shit, and she's like, I fucking knew it. No one told me. You're all assholes. And she and Lloyd get in a shouting match that has some of... The best lines. My note is ever. such barbs. Oh, that's so good. Um, at one point he, what is, what was it? He says it's something about her being like a mouse or something. No, I'm a rat. And she says, not a mouse, never mouse. If anything, rat.
0: Yeah. And I thought she was gonna go for, no, I'm the cat.
1: Oh yeah, it was playing but, cat and mouse. Um, and then, um, there's one part where, uh, she says all playwrights should be dead for 300 years and Lloyd shoots back with that wouldn't solve any of their problems because actresses never die.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, there's some it's, like golden scenes with the writing. So, it's so, so great. brilliant. Well, and I, I love how at this point you can really tell that Margot totally understands what's going on with Eve because she even makes some lines about how she's sure that Eve underestimates herself. And I'm like, well, and
1: what, what Eve oh. has done is so brilliant is because now she's making Margot look like the crazy person. And mm-hmm. She's basically tapping into all of Margot's worst traits. Yep. And meanwhile is showing everyone else this very sweet innocent veneer. So like Margot looks crazy. Margot's further pushing away people who she cares about, which is where she and Bill then start to fight, and he's like, Don't pick this fight with me and she's like no. And he keeps talking about her paranoia. And I'm like, it's not paranoia if it's actually happening, Bill.
0: Yeah. Get your head out of the sand.
1: Um, And that's when he proposes again, apparently. Mm-hmm. He's proposed several times. And she doesn't say yes, but she also doesn't say no.
0: Yeah. Later on in the film, you kind of understand why. Because I think in Margot's mind, there's some mystique to being unwed that allows her to continue to play these young roles that are being yeah. written for her so i think that makes sense with her character why she's reluctant to get married at when this point in when she's very
1: worried about their age gap mm-hmm. um because at one point karen's like he's only eight years younger than you like that's basically nothing and, which <laughs> isn't basically nothing but like i if, mean, you know they're i mean they're 32 and 40 like it's not yeah, that's
0: that's not a big deal yeah it's
1: not a huge deal um and you know granted people tend to see it as a bigger deal when it's older woman younger man but yeah um Margot makes Margot Margo is makes like the this... quintessential
0: cougar I've decided. I love her.
1: <laughs> I feel like it's disparaging to call her that. Um, but she basically makes the comment with like "And those years stretch as mm-hmm. they go on. So like she's kind of I think worried about like keeping Bill in the future. Worried mm-hmm. about the relationship lasting. And I guess if she's not married she's kind of not fully invested. Yeah. So I... yeah plus there's like that mystique of mm-hmm not being married and stuff um but basically bill's like no i love you this is gonna last
0: but they also like storm off
1: they don't break I up don't... but they also <sighs> they because... basically
0: take time i i wasn't sure exactly how to interpret that other I think than it's bill just didn't the... want to see her
1: i think for a it's while. The, the fight ends and they both need to cool down yeah yeah yeah
0: so we do get a scene with karen coming up with some plan and was this, this was the plan where I'm like, oh, Karen, why did you do this? But the framing with her in the apartment and the, her coming to the realization and the way she is acting through her voiced over monologue yeah. was brilliant. The
1: – what was it? Like – they say Newton got the idea for gravity when he got hit in the head with mm-hmm. the apple. So somebody else got the idea for, like, something else when this happened to him. I got my grand idea just sitting on the couch. Yes. And we also in – no, that that's a later scene. Never mind. Where we get some of Karen's insecurities as mm-hmm. well about, like, being in this group of very artistic people and right. not being artistic and not feeling like she's contributing anything. But we see her painting. So, like, she's clearly got some, some artistic It's just not in the tendencies. theater. Yeah. So um, but, but at
0: this point, we don't know whose side Karen is on. Well, really. Karen
1: decides that Margot needs to be taken down a peg because at this point, she's not She's not taking Eve super seriously. Like right. She thinks Eve wants to succeed and be a great actress like Margot. She doesn't think mm-hmm. that Eve wants to be Margot.
0: Right. Even though we know that Eve wants to be Margot. Yeah.
1: We're just like Karen. Yeah. You sweet summer child.
0: Uh, but it's miss home so i'm so <laughs> okay with treasure it. <laughs> but she decides that
1: she's the, um so bill margo lloyd and karen are supposed to go up to this cabin for a weekend bill ends up not going and karen decides to siphon the gas out of the car so they get stranded and margo can't get back for a performance which means that eve has to go on
0: yes which the the lighting and the framing in the car which i, I understand it's a relatively limited scene but it is so good yeah And the way I have to say,
1: Margot is also the most self-aware character in the movie, because she—that's when she gives her speech about like I have played this part for so long, I'm not even sure like who I am anymore. But then she also gives this speech about like being a woman and you're not a woman unless you're married or something. And I was like, okay, fifties, calm down. (laughs) But there's also—I don't remember exactly what she says. Oh, it's something about like Eve not being that bad or something. And I was like, Margot, don't be chivalrous; it's not a good look for you. I want my Margot Channing bitter and angry.
0: Well, and she is. Yes. In this scene, she's not. I think in this scene, she's kind of deflated because she's come to the realization that she's going to be outshone. Like, she's not an idiot. She understands that Eve is going to, like, kill it.
1: Well, and she's like, you know, I guess, like, you know, kind of the idea of, like, everybody's got their time in the sun. Like, hers is just coming Mm -hmm. to a close. Exactly. Um, And (laughs) though... She's like, oh, you know, it's and then Karen's like, I'm so sorry all this happened. And Margo's like, oh, no, it's just a trick of destiny. And I was like, destiny, thy name is Karen.
0: <laughs> and then
1: she's like, it's not like you did this yourself.
0: And then Karen just kind of sinks back in it's the like, seat. Looks like, like oh, she's
1: about to cry. Oh, but
0: you did do it. And the other part that we come to find out is Karen also called newspapermen to be at I performance. I don't think Karen
1: did it. I think Eve did it.
0: No, I think Karen did because she pulls out her little black book and gets on the phone prior to the weekend
1: i thought she was calling eve
0: oh see i thought she was calling the newspaper oh man.
1: karen so
0: karen has had a God major damn it hand karen. In she is fate for eve at this karen. point Karen. yeah she did a bad job damn it karen, damn it, karen. i still love you um <laughs> but the post-performance scene with eve is amazing because we this is the first time we actually see the face crack
1: i mean i've like, been seeing it You've been this seeing is, like
0: subtle. So this is like we've full seen it crack.
1: Out, this gone, is when we get to see
0: <laughs> true Eve. <laughs> yes, so she comes off, and it's like, oh, great performance. And she who's she? I'm trying to remember who she was interacting with. Was, first she's,
1: well. First, she goes after Bill.
0: Oh, that's right. And I love his and song Addison about,
1: Addison DeWitt witnesses this all. So because he's one of the n- newspaper critics called, and so he's going to meet. He with was her, hearing and outside he hears the door. it kind of through the door um but, but you
0: see how angry she gets and she tries to tear the wig well, because off here's, and the thing, here's the thing here's the thing where she she though. makes the play for bill
1: and mm-hmm. i think it's kind of set up because they're sort of so we have our like karen and lloyd and bill and Margot are like you know you have Margot the star but it's really the other three that are kind of helping prop her up you have lloyd's plays mm-hmm. bill's direction karen's friendship mm-hmm so Eve has already taken some... She's kind of already got Karen's friendship because she basically got Karen to putra- to betray Margot for her. Right. She's got the part in Lloyd's play, uh-huh. but she goes after Bill because she's like, if I can have Bill, not only does she now have Margot's boyfriend and therefore is a step closer to becoming Margot, mm-hmm. but she also has this like superstar of a director behind her mm-hmm. to like direct all of her stuff. So she makes the romantic play for Bill, Bill shuts that shit down and we are like
0: "Thank you, snaps Bill.
1: for Bill. like Good person. Yes. Uh, because it, I feel like the first time you watch it, like, you're worried.
0: Oh, yeah. And I love his exiting line. Just think of it as an incomplete forward pass. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Loved
1: it. And he, he shuts it down. And yeah, you're right. Eve gets mad.
0: And this is the first time we see any, any like major emotion from her, which I love how when things stop going her way that is when she gets angry and breaks character yeah it's just such a perfect way to describe eve like she has everything under control and is calm and cool and collected and then one little well maybe this isn't a little thing but one thing goes not her way and done
1: it's it's so bratty yeah and you know Margot has been accused of being a brat but like
0: at least she's consistent (laughs)
1: <laughs> At least Marco will like be a brat to you and not be like, I didn't get my way, time to plot yep. more. Marco will be like, I didn't get my way, and this is why I'm mad about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Everybody
1: circle up and listen.
0: Yep. And so this is when Addison comes in, and they have this conversation where he's trying— And Addison's
1: very upfront with her. Oh, yeah. About, I basically witnessed what just happened, and like I, I know that you are not the facade that you have been putting on.
0: Well, and she, he asks leading questions about her time in San Francisco, and the theater that she, she saw I haven't kn- I was in. like
1: do your fucking research Eve like if you're gonna say you were somewhere you've been somewhere like you, you better
0: know where you were yeah
1: <laughs> you better be able to like answer at least mm-hmm. surface questions about it because he says something about like San Francisco being an oasis in the desert like you should know that's not San Francisco right. he's talking about
0: that's like that's maybe like Los Angeles, Angeles. yeah <laughs> so um and in the scene, too, I do want to call out the cinematography with her in the bathroom with her shadow that you see her yeah. talking with Addison. So that was a really well, like, cool one. Well, he asks her a question there.
1: that she can't bullshit. And so she comes to the door in a towel and is like, I'm getting in the shower now. I'm
0: not going to be able to hear you. Yeah. <laughs> Just ignores the question. So totally loved that scene. It's so good. Because yeah. you, you saw how Eve had to, like, literally remove herself from the situation to, like, formulate her new plan.
1: Well, and... We we're finally seeing her against someone who she can't outmanipulate.
0: Right. Right. Because, Like, like Eve's equal. good at
1: what she does, but Addison is big leagues for
0: mm-hmm. major leagues. Mm-hmm.
1: Baseball terms. But yeah, so now we get where Karen's finally catching on to what's happening.
0: Oh, it's the whole sequence where they're like, Oh my god, the newspaper memoir assholes. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: Because yeah, yeah. the um someone, aka Addison DeWitt, publishes an article basically being like, Margot Channing's over. It's all about Eve yep Bavonch. there now, you go <laughs> um and they're mad about like margot's mad about it karen's mad about it for her bill's mad about it for her and
0: what i really loved is they all rallied around margot yeah. even if she was being like was not being great to them but it's like clear that they really do care well for and i her. think
1: you know the scene in the car with margot it's karen seeing her friend in a very vulnerable situation which i don't mm-hmm. think you get to see margot well we as an audience get to see margot in Throughout the film, but that Karen probably doesn't get to see much of. And so I think that really kind of breaks any of those barriers that were Mm -hmm. in their friendship and kind of helps them reconcile. But Karen goes to talk to Lloyd and apparently Eve has fed Lloyd this story about how like. Addison DeWitt misquoted her and he got mm-hmm. her to say all these things that she didn't mean and she was just so confused because she's this sweet, innocent girl from Wisconsin, Ian. How how could she go up against somebody like Addison DeWitt, you who's mean such a manipulator? Mm, Milwaukee? Wisconsin. That's Milwaukee, Wisconsin.
0: It's Wisconsin? I thought it was Minnesota. No, sweetie. What's Minnesota? St. Paul. St. Paul
1: in Minneapolis.
0: That's it. Yeah. I'm. I don't know my Midwest. Apparently.
1: Oh, Ian. What I do don't know, you know anything. How...
0: <laughs> do you want to talk about queuing theory? No. The answer is no. No.
1: <laughs> it's not an engineering podcast. It's about movies. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, Karen is like, "What do you mean?" Like, basically, Karen kind of knows what's up now, and she gets in a fight with Lloyd, and this is where he says something about like, "I don't like this cynicism you've developed since like I met you in college." which i was like screw you
0: and this is when karen starts to get worried that eve is going to try and go after lloyd
1: yeah well and i actually like karen's response to this because like i hated that like what it means to be a woman conversation earlier Mm -hmm. but karen's response to lloyd is that particular brand of cynicism is something i acquired since the day i realized i was different from little boys and i was like we got our like one feminist line in (laughs)
0: And it was Celeste home to deliver
1: it. Well, and it's such a good delivery, but like it's, it makes you, one, it makes me be like, Lloyd, you're the world's biggest idiot. Mm -hmm. And you can see that like, okay, Eve wasn't able to get Bill. So she's on, and she wasn't able to fully get Karen. Like she had Karen for a bit, Mm -hmm. but Karen's back to being on Team Margo. Thank goodness. So we should make Team Margo, Team Eve shirts.
0: Is anybody going to be Team Eve? No. Okay, good.
1: If they are, that's how you know not to be friends with them.
0: <laughs> so if you're listening and you're Team Eve. Oh. Ooh, sorry. <laughs>
1: no shade. A little shade. A lot um, of shade. <laughs> anyway. I've said anyway a lot this this episode.
0: It's fine. We get on tangents and that's how we come back to it. Anyway. So they're at lunch at this... Something lunch or dinner,
1: and that's when Margot and Bill like are like, We decided we are getting married. Mm -hmm. Margot's really happy, they're gonna go to
0: the courthouse and they have this wonderful, somewhat inane conversation about how that they should be in a cathedral. And they're like, Oh no, it's just for the blood tests and things. And I'm like, Oh, this is such a period piece (laughs) because you used to have to get blood tests to make sure you weren't weren't related. related, yeah. So, um, but a note is sent over to Karen. And I love how she immediately shares it with the entire table. Yeah. And
1: it's like Eve being like, I am so, so sorry for everything that's happened. Can you meet me in the bathroom, please? Underlined. Underlined. <laughs> and Karen's not going to go. And everyone's like, uh, no, you have to go and you have to report back on everything she said. And I was like, yeah, Karen, duh. That's what Margo's friends line do.
0: About, I will never let you go to the bathroom alone, except now I must insist. <laughs>
1: you know why girls can never go to the bathroom alone, right? Why? Because that one time Hermione did it and there was a troll in there.
0: Because <laughs> they knew about Harry Potter at that point.
1: <laughs> I'm saying trolls in the bathroom have always been an issue. Um...
0: <laughs> I thought you meant literally a two-story tall magical creature.
1: <laughs> I did. Oh, what, what okay. Do you <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> um, anyway, so Karen goes reluctantly.
0: And this is when we get the second big we get phrase We another little crack.
1: Eve monologue. Well, first we get this monologue about how Eve is so sorry. And she's like, This one time I had to go to the dentist and he gave me and I wanted to be like, Eve, just say what you mean. This is why I would hate Eve, because everything has to be a monologue with her. She can't just be like, I'm sorry, I fucked up.
0: That's her character, Maggie. That's I like know, her. M.O. I know,
1: which is why I would be like, I'm done with you. I'm maybe I'm not a Margo. Maybe I'm a birdie. <laughs> I'm just like say what you mean.
0: You're you're probably like a mix of Margo and Birdie.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> you're a little scrappier than Margo.
1: That is hard to imagine somebody scrabbier than Margot, but
0: well, I mean, in the sense that Birdie, Birdie is scrappy. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Maybe outspoken is more the word I'm looking for. Thanks,
1: Karen. <laughs>
0: um,
1: you've never siphoned gas out of my car, but I did get a flat yeah, tire helping you move. Obviously, so. I slashed
0: your tires. Obviously, I, fucking I actually knew it. didn't, because then you weren't able to help me move. So, <laughs> um,
1: anyway. Anyway, so she tells this whole monologue about how, like, once she went to the dentist and they gave her, like, drugs so that she wouldn't feel any pain and that the whole time she felt like everything oh she God. said was wrong and she could never say anything right and it wasn't what she meant. I was just like, meant. shut up, Eve, and we were, like, get to the point. Well, I, mean, I was like, I know what your point is. And uh Karen and I aren't interested.
0: Um, <laughs> this is when she tries to Karen blackmail Karen. Is, well,
1: first, Karen's like... N- like great but you did hurt people so it doesn't matter if you didn't mean to like you yeah. did and then there's something eve says and karen starts to soften a bit and i just have in my notes a million times like karen no <laughs> don't get suckered in but then she blackmails her yeah and that's when you see it's like like nothing's working with karen
0: mm-hmm. so eve results to being an asshole yeah because she's basically like okay i'm gonna when tell like i like, Margo I like what she that
1: did. she like grabs karen's hand and then karen like says her last thing and then she starts to blackmail her and then she won't let karen's hand go
0: Oh, it's so... And the look
1: in Ann Baxter's eyes changes so fast, and it's so good. I
0: know. And then her one line there about how it would be so much better theater, too, is the part where I'm like, okay, Eve knows exactly how good she is and exactly what she can do.
1: Well, and I can't remember if it's earlier in the film or later in the film, there's something she talked... It might be here where she's talking about how the theater seems more like real life than real life.
0: Oh, she's consumed.
1: But it's like she says it as part of the one of those monologues. But it's like that is maybe the one thing she says in one of those monologues that I think is true. Yeah. and that is you know for Eve like the theatrics like that's life. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. And so, she blackmails Karen for the part in Lloyd's new play.
0: And she gets it, but
1: but Karen didn't have to do anything, which I cracks me up. She the gets the back of the to scene the table. Is great. She gets back to the table, and Margot's like, "I'm retiring. I don't want to be in Cora and." Karen just starts laughing uncontrollably and they're all worried about her. Margo takes away her drink.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it was good. I was really glad that 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 turn of fate happened Mm because that kind of, in my mind, preserved the Karen Margot thing.
1: It preserves Karen's integrity as a character. Mm -hmm.
0: Exactly. So, but this is when we really do see that Lloyd is Is, uh, an idiot. Yeah. Because he gets drawn away to Eve's apartment because Eve is like throwing a fit supposedly, but you get to see that she has sick. enlisted her, yeah. like, neighbor, I guess, mm-hmm. to call Lloyd to get him to come over because she's, like, hysterical.
1: Because she's ill and won't get a doctor, like, won't let them call a doctor.
0: Yeah, it, ugh.
1: And Ca- Karen knows what's happening, mm-hmm. but Karen does something that Margot doesn't, or doesn't do something that Margot does, I guess. So Margot, when she felt that threatened relationship, she starts, like, throwing a fit you know understandably karen
0: just kind of withdraws
1: karen withdraws and it's almost like she's going to i don't know if it's intentional or if i'm reading into it but like she's kind of gonna let eve dig her own grave
0: Mm -hmm. exactly and i love that because it, you know it's gonna happen like this house of cards is either gonna fall because he's not as good as our hair sometime
1: eve's not as good as eve thinks she is
0: exactly exactly so that then rolls into the scene between addison and eve which is my, probably my favorite, like. I don't know. I love seeing Eve getting told off by someone better at playing the game. You than can't
1: out Addison, Addison.
0: You can't, and it's amazing. He calls and her on
1: everything. He's like, "I know that you're not who you mm-hmm. say you were." Oh, you were talking about how boring it was being a secretary at a brewery in Maybe Wisconsin. It wasn't that boring? Was it so boring when like they paid you five hundred bucks to leave town because the wife of the like owner of the brewery was yeah. really upset about some stuff, and then Eve's like backed into a corner, literally. Oh
0: my god! And she tries to take the stern line, like, "Get out of my apartment." And he He's like, no, no, child. That's passe,
1: <laughs> basically. And bas- yeah, he's kind of like, basically like you and, you and I are going to take over the theater world. Like, you're mine now.
0: Which, that felt a little icky.
1: It is icky, but both of those characters are icky. They
0: belong to each other. It kind of, it that kind of is. we're like with each other, I should say.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where you're like, those two characters belong with each other. Because I honestly don't want to see either of them get a happy ending. And I right. don't think... The two of them being together is a happy ending for either of them.
0: But this is one part where I loved how Ann Baxter played this tantrum slash emotion. Because normally in situations like this where you have a very level-headed character that they go apeshit, I'm like, okay, that was overdone. This was like just the right amount of sobbing and violently throwing oneself on the bed.
1: Well, because again, Eve's all about those theatrics. And it's like we've seen... The cracks in the facade before, like you know, we've seen her melt down before. We've seen her get angry. We've seen uh-huh. we, we know she's a little crazy. So, having her on the bed sobbing, and then he's like, "This is how it's gonna be, right?" And she's like, "Yes, Addison." Mm-hmm. Between the tears and everything, and it's it's chilling, but it's George Sanders and and Baxter play it to perfection.
0: Yes, loved it.
1: And that's also when basically she's like, "Lloyd's gonna leave Karen, and we're gonna get married," and he's like, "No, no." Nope.
0: That's not how this goes. <laughs> and then we turn back to the award ceremony. And
1: it's back on that freeze frame of Eve accepting the award. And then the movie picks back up again and the motion starts. And that's when I was like, this is how you set up a frame story. Uh-uh.
0: <laughs> and so Eve gives this really supposedly heartfelt performance. About oh, how my she's God. So All glad. the eye rolls. Well, but remember, nobody but Margot and i know everybody else is like
1: standing o applauding her and she specifically thanks all four of those mm -hmm. characters and their reactions when she does are so spot on
0: and it's just like okay you're a fake yeah why are you bringing me into your bullshit Yeah. (laughs) so it, it that was really fantastic and I loved seeing some of the scenes after the award ceremony when they're talking about going to the party.
1: Well, I, I like that, like, Karen just walks by and is like, congratulations, Eve. And she's like, thank you, Karen. And then she, like, starts to, like, kind of argue with Addison. And then Betty Davis walks up and um, makes some sort of witty little barb at her.
0: Yes. Because we find out that she's going to Hollywood to shoot a picture. Mm-hmm. Thank God she's gone. Good riddance. Mm-hmm. So... um but the way that Eve seamlessly transitions between being a gracious, oh thank you for this award to the angry, like, I'm not going to the party, I'm gonna throw a fit. I'm
1: tired. And oh, I like there was amazing. one line in general where um she uh hands the award to Addison and goes, Here, take this as your date. Um <laughs> and he was like, he's I can't remember what exactly he says, but she says something about it's the same thing, isn't it? Being like she and the award are the same thing. So again, she's playing that part that's oh, all yep, she's yep. got
0: <laughs> so glossing over some stuff to get back to eve at the apartment when she's getting ready to go
1: well she's not getting ready or well, she's just like pouring herself a drink and that's when well you get getting the ready shot. to like
0: pack and leave oh, yeah. to go to hollywood I, I guess is what i mean but um you have this random person come up i love this how young you, woman no
1: you see her eve's pouring herself a drink and there's <gasps> oh, a mirror oh, over right, the bar cart in the apartment. and you oh, see my God. the girl in the chair behind her and then Eve looks Mirror up sees images it images of one another yeah drops the glass turns around is like what are you doing here and it's this girl who gives her this whole spiel about how she's the president of her high school's Eve Harrington fan club and she just was doing a story on like what eve wore and how she lived and all this stuff and Creepy. snuck into her apartment when the maid left the door open and i'm like
0: i'm having flashbacks psycho to grand hotel behavior with
1: this. it is psycho <laughs> behavior and also here's the thing too which makes me so mad at eve is i'm like it's the same fucking thing you did like you oh, would think that crazy would recognize crazy but she they doesn't do
0: not. which is the best part so we come to find out that addison came up to give the award and this random person and immediately,
1: well, it's but it's the exact same stuff Eve was doing for Margot. Like, yep. The tables are so turned because you have Eve lounging on the couch, tired. She's kind of dropping the facade of glamour. Um, this girl who introduces herself as Phoebe gets her a drink. She cleans up the dropped drink, offers to get the stain out of the floor. She offers to take the coat into the bedroom. She answers the door.
0: Addison is not surprised. He just rolls with it. And I yeah. love that so much. He's like, oh, I guess it's happening again.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, know, he sees the parallel instantly, and he gives her the award, and she's like, and she doesn't say it was Addison DeWitt, because Phoebe knows who it is, Yeah, and is hardcore flirting, but she is like, oh, it was the taxi driver who brought up your award that you forgot, and uh, Eve's like, oh, put it in the suitcase, I want to pack it, and she's like.
0: And this is where we get the most perfect ending to this movie I could have ever thought up, yeah. which. Maybe I shouldn't say that I could have ever thought up because I'm not sure I could think up very many good endings, but this ending is amazing. Yeah. You have Phoebe pick up her little robe over cover thing that she was wearing,
1: yeah. go it on. to the
0: mirror, and the way that they shoot her at the very end and where you close. she's holding
1: the award and she's practicing her bow.
0: But you get infinite Phoebes in the mirror.
1: As if to say, this will happen over and over Forever. and over again. Ugh. and I it got parallels. Chills. I got I'm
0: getting chills now I know and it parallels it. Eve doing <laughs> the same
1: thing with Margo's dress in the theater it's the visual symmetry is stunning
0: yeah so maybe this is the second scene that you need to watch from this movie just
1: watch the movie just watch like the whole movie because you might like it is a little over two hours
0: it's one of the longer ones for but it doesn't a while, feel long yeah, it moved at all and it,
1: every there's no wasted space in that movie
0: yeah I, agree. I can't
1: think of a single thing that i was like i don't need that you could cut that like
0: they probably could have been a little more abbreviated in the newspaper man like series of shots and scenes but like i was okay with it
1: i don't think it was that big and a deal and all the dialogue is so good mm-hmm. anyway like
0: and the delivery uh, uh celeste home i keep coming back to her because she's good but like betty davis was amazing too i want yeah. i, I I feel like I've been not fair to Ann Baxter and Betty Davis, but like all of the three leading women were amazing. You're,
1: you're literally just watching like three powerhouse actresses deliver career defining, potentially award-winning I would in any other year, yeah, would have been award-winning. award-winning performances. Mm-hmm. And it's such a treat to watch. And like for a movie that is completely just character based and character interaction based, like there's no chase scenes, there's no fight scenes. Like anything that's on the line is like personal and emotional. Mm-hmm. Like it's so centered on those characters to like see them handled so well. And so expertly, like it just, it's an art.
0: Yeah. So basically it was fantastic.
1: Um, I do want to know just for a uh, kind of some fun last little wrap up since you have seen sunset Boulevard. Yes. Do you think All About Eve should have beat Sunset Boulevard? Uh, I know that you believe Gloria Swanson should have won Best Actress. Yeah, she did. You still think over Ann Baxter and Betty Davis, now that you've seen their performances, you would still give it to Gloria Swanson over them?
0: Yeah, I would. I would as well. Yeah, because that, I mean, there's the way that...
1: It makes me feel so guilty comparing those three performances because they're all amazing and they're all very different.
0: Exactly, but I think when you have the recluse, faded star character,
1: and they're very similar, kind of similar themes. Yeah,
0: but the way the way that Gloria pulled it off was like I don't know, it it was just a touch above. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you have the I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeVille. Yeah, like it it, it was so good and chilling as hell. So, would you give it more?
1: For best picture, would you give it to Sunset Boulevard over All About Eve?
0: That is a tough question because they are neck and neck. I mean, it's really I might, I might have given it to Sunset Boulevard. I might have too, I but that is pl- purely. I need to rewatch Sunset Boulevard. Is what it, the? I need to, I need to see them both in closer yeah. proximity because it's been a while since I I've think seen Sunset.
1: I personally would give it to Sunset Boulevard, but like, am I allowed to have a tie for best picture? <laughs> I'll you know, like it. it's like <laughs> it really is neck and neck. Like, again, 1950, like what a year for film. It
0: was really good. What a really year. good. Rankings? But no, I loved it. So in rankings, um, I put it as number five. So that follows Casablanca in number four, but is before it happened one night in number six. So I Casablanca, I found the story slightly more compelling because i think it was a little bit more relatable and had a little bit more of an emotional punch not to say that i didn't like the downfall of these characters in all about eve it's just a little bit different there mm-hmm. and i think there were a touch like in certain places the cinematography was like a little bit better in casablanca yeah. not to say and the that the dialogue is eve like
1: a bad. touch Better. There's just yeah, there's it's, more iconic it's just lines.
0: Like a little notch.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a slight <laughs> notch. Um, <laughs> but
0: it's before it happened one night. Is the other thing. Interesting. And that's because I think, in terms of like it happened one night, I think is starting to in comparison to all about Eve feel a little bit dated. So like a lot of the techniques that they showed, kind of with the dark shots and the contrast and all just about love it, it happened, happened one, one night. night. So much. I I, know, I have such a personal attachment to do to this. But it's no, like it's fine your new uh, number
1: five it is also my new number five ah, yes. it is just after it happened one night and right before rebecca
0: okay i could be okay with this yeah i still like rebecca our more, top but... six
1: are still the same
0: <laughs> yeah so my my top six are all quiet in number one gone with the wind in two rebecca in three casablanca in four all about even five and then it happened one night in so six.
1: so mine i think are casablanca gone with the wind all quiet on the western front It Happened One Night, All About Eve, Rebecca. So it's like just a slightly different order, but like the same six films.
0: So I really think we're coming to a point where Maggie and I were talking about this, Mm -hmm. where our top six, the fact that they're aligning either means that we're really similar or that there's something about good movies that make good movies. Yes, I think
1: the ones that are in our top six are, I mean, they're the ones that people probably recognize the titles the most and Mm -hmm. they're I think movies that have more universal appeal and can cross taste lines because yep. our top six are the same and I think it's our bottom
0: bottom five, four or five. Yeah. Bottom
1: four or five. You don't need to look at it, but our bottom four or five are the same as well. So I think those are films that just like don't work at all as films. Mm-hmm. I think it's those middle ones where we really see like where our personal tastes lie. Like right. I have lost weekend very high and you don't, and that's yep. like a personal taste mm-hmm. thing. So yeah.
0: But I yeah, think it's interesting things. So we're finally getting to the point where we like have i mean we're on our 23rd film now yeah. so it's really starting to see things like the cream rise to the top it's getting will. hard to yeah. sometimes <laughs> to like choose where to like it was, stuff in. it killed me to to demote it happened one night i know it's <laughs> man it's hard so cool but with that that was all about Eve. again definitely recommend you go watch, watch it. it worth it
1: okay so we'll be back next time with what is our next one i don't remember but until Two then and I'll have while ian you. looks it up you can find us on social media, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Best Pod. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys. Let us know what you think, if you agree or disagree with our rankings, if you also absolutely love All About Eve. If you don't, please tweet us and tell us why, because I would love to hear an argument against Same. it. Same. Um, because that- I don't think we had any criticism, so I, it'd be interesting to hear what criticisms people have. Definitely um, agree. You can also email us in at bestpicturespodcast at gmail.com.
0: Yeah. And so next time, join us for Maggie's favorite, An American in Paris. I, it's not Maggie's not favorite. favorite. I've never seen it.
1: I just, I have no interest in it.
0: I'm excited. Maybe
1: I'll love it. Who knows?
0: Well, tune in next time to find out. It's just,
1: I want <laughs> to have my Gene Kelly movies with Gene Kelly tapping and not doing ballet. That's all I want.
0: Yeah, that's fair. So thank you for listening and uh, catch us next episode.